the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Extreme of mortars visiting a makeshift memorial to the 50 people slain by a gunman at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. Meanwhile, dozens of Muslims stand by to bury the dead when authorities finally release the victims' bodies. Flowers are piling up amid candles, balloons, and notes of grief and love outside the Al Noor Mosque. Job postings were solid in January. Correspondent Ken Lorman has that. U.S. employers posted nearly 7.6 million open jobs in January, near a record high set in November. Evidence that businesses are still hungry for workers, despite possible signs that the economy has slowed. And as states consider whether to legalize sports gambling, some lawmakers are raising concerns about allowing bets to be placed on phones and mobile devices because kids might get involved. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher will always peel back the layers of an issue. The president is uh, rolling out a, uh, a new budget proposal that includes $8.6 billion for the wall. Democrats are immediately saying it's dead on arrival. Did you ever just stop and, and ponder why that is? Of course, we know the answer. I know the answer. You know the answer. It was his signature promise, and they just want him to lose. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Just past 1 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon here on, on AM 1280 of the Patriot. High of 38 today. High of 38 tomorrow. High of 45 on Tuesday. 46 on Wednesday. And guess what? 50 on Thursday. I cannot wait. There's mayhem in the air in terms of basketball right now. And if you think you can submit a perfect bracket, well, then go to am1280thepatriot.com and you can win some serious cash. In fact, serious cash, a million dollars. Deadline is Thursday morning. Just click on the fan club to register. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, hey, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, good to be back with you folks after a rare and well-deserved break. And as I use that phrase, I throw a quarter into the... uh, Brian St. Paul Ward, royalty jar. He's the one who, of course, coined the phrase rare and well-deserved break when he took off like two Saturdays out of every month. 
Uh, everyone was a rare and well-deserved break, but I uh, love you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> we're not for Brian St. Paul Ward. I would not be sitting here, and that is the truth. But uh doesn't mean I can't rib a friend, right? But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I was on vacation. Washington, D.C. Uh, for five, four solid days, four and a half solid days. Saw a lot of fantastic sites, historic sites, museums, monuments, memorials. Uh, fantastic time, and uh, if you've yet to visit our nation's capital, I definitely put it near the top of your list uh, to get to, especially take the kids. And um, I, I said this while I was on vacation. I was heartened by all of the tours that I saw young people taking. There were different schools and whatnot that were on spring break taking these tours, and the kids not only put their phones away, you know, you know how young people today are kind of engaged, looking at their phones, browsing the Internet, what have you, not only did a lot of these young people have their phones put away, they were inquisitive. They were asking questions. They were engaged in the tour. Okay? That, that, that is very heartening to see because you want the young people to know about our nation's uh, pretty intriguing and phenomenal history and as well as how our political system works. So, anyways, great time had by all, but I am back and uh, raring to go. And happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. I'm wearing my green today. I'm wearing my green wild fleece. Uh, I am not the least bit Irish, but what the heck, I got in the spirit. So I do want to talk about uh, some national news this first hour, and then we're going to be joined uh, the next segment by Political Wonk Matt Koviak to talk about a couple other national issues. But I did at least want to address the uh, shooting at a couple of different mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, this past week. A horrific tragedy where I believe 49 or 50 people were killed in two different mosques where a gunman, and as policy on this particular broadcast, uh, I don't, we do not name, we do not give the name of a gunman who uh, engages in a mass shooting. Whether, you know, we're talking about shootings of, of yesterday, you know, the past few years or what have you, we will not name a shooter. So I will not say the shooter's name. But this uh, shooter, who apparently was a uh, white supremacist, uh, he uh, killed 49 people at two different mosques during midday Friday prayers, uh, and he posted an anti-immigrant manifesto online and apparently used a helmet-mounted camera to broadcast live video of the slaughter on Facebook. Now, I I did not see the video. Apparently, they've taken the video down. Uh, The manifesto, I guess it's out there if you really want to find it. I have no interest in finding it. The bottom line for me is I don't care what political stripes you subscribe to. If you have so much rage and hatred in your heart for someone and you kill someone based on their faith or immigration status or what have you, I'm I'm hard-pressed to believe you have a soul, okay? So... And as far as, you know, the the shooting that was carried out, obviously the progressive, self-centered narcissists in this country always try to make it about America and our gun laws, and it had nothing to do with us. I guess the shooter may have cited some prominent right-wingers in his manifesto. Okay, It's, it's irrelevant, just like the Bernie bro who shot up a congressional baseball field nearly two years ago. All right? Bernie Sanders was not responsible for that, even though he was going around saying that millions of people will die if there's an Obamacare repeal. And this shooter, insane shooter, maybe took that to heart and said, well, if people are going to die because of 
Republicans in Congress, maybe I ought to take down some Republicans in Congress, okay? Even if that's what he thought, that's not Bernie Sanders' responsibility. Now, is Bernie Sanders a dolt, an irresponsible dolt for saying that? Yeah. On a policy standpoint, yeah. But he's not responsible for inciting shooter. So all that's out of the way. There is one aspect of this that I want to address. And, you know, definitely listen to Mitch Berg's program yesterday because he went into, uh, obviously, the issues regarding regarding the guns. You know, there, there's no one who is, in my opinion, uh, at least on the radio, in the Twin Cities better versed in gun statute and gun law and tendencies than, than my friend and colleague, Mitch Burke. But I want to talk a little bit about how when people express genuine sympathy, thoughts, and prayers to those survivors of such a tragedy, that it's just met with utter derangement by leftists. You know, and and basically their thing is, well, you know, you know what you can do with your uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers don't do not do any good. And uh, the new uh, proggy darling in Congress these days is Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez. And the one tweet that really um, sent everybody... Uh, into uh, into anger was, you know, at first I thought of saying, imagine being told your house of faith isn't safe anymore, but I couldn't say imagine because of Charleston, Pittsburgh, Sutherland Springs. What good are your thoughts and prayers when they don't even keep the pews safe? Which is one of the most utterly disgusting, disingenuous, and stupid things a person could say. Okay, when When people are in the midst of prayer, they're seeking peace and serenity that goes far beyond anything that can be offered in this world. And this is just coming on the heels of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez having, you know, when she attended Ash Wednesday services, having the, you know, the ash and dust on her forehead. Okay? So is she just using religion as a, as, as kind of a, uh, I don't know, a crutch for herself? Is she using it to kind of uh, pander to people, to people of faith in her district? No, so things like that, and of course, the common progressive retort when people express uh, thoughts and prayers is like, "Enough of your thoughts and prayers. We need policy and change." So, when you read that, and you hear the utter derangement conveyed by those who don't like thoughts and prayers being offered, it 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 occurred to me. It would appear that progressives' biggest problem with religion and faith is that they don't believe there should be any more revered movement than progressivism itself. So as such, they're imploring people of faith to stop appealing to what they deem false gods and allow they, the enlightened ones, the progressives, to eradicate hate and violence because passing all these gun-grabber bills will magically put a dent in all this. Uh, and I've said this before in this program. Anyone who puts their hope for a better life in a body of government definitely has more faith than I could possibly muster. I, I'm just throwing that out there. And another common thing that I hear is, well, if we just, you know, if we just pass, you know, we don't know, if, we don't know unless we try, we should just pass one of these bills to try to eradicate violence. I mean, we'll, we'll, let's just at least do something, anything. 
You know, so it's just classic symbolism. So the next time a mass shooting occurs, and one will occur because I'm sorry, there's just evil in this world. There just is. All right? And dozens of people are killed. Will it make you feel better that a law was passed, even though it didn't do squat to, to stop that shooting? Is that what you're saying here? That just doesn't make any sense to me. But what also needs to be addressed is the only ones who are going to follow gun laws are law-abiding citizens. And New Zealand has some pretty strict gun control laws. So what does that tell you? That this guy got this, this guy who wanted to perpetrate evil was going to find a way to do so and acquired the weaponry. Well, what, ha- what we've seen here is when professional violence is put upon a shooter and their spree killing is uninterrupted because, you know, this guy going into these two different mosques at this prayer time knows that, number one, guns aren't allowed in these mosques, and secondly, people are going to be in the midst of prayer, so they're not. it's a soft target. They're not going to see it coming. So he feels he's going to have free reign to cause as many casualties as he, as he wants. So I guess there were about 40 casualties at the first mosque, and then there was about eight or nine at the second mosque when a, uh, let me get the gentleman's name right here, a gentleman by the name of Abdul Aziz, uh, this is from a USA Today article, he likely saved lives when he engaged the gunman in a cat-and-mouse chase outside the mosque and later grabbed one of the shooter's own guns that had been tossed to the ground. So this Abdul Aziz, you know, didn't have a gun on him, all right? But this, I guess this gun that was either uh, emptied was on the ground, so what he in turn did as the shooter was going back to his car to get another gun he threw the gun at the shooter's windshield. And the shooter thought he was being engaged and then ended up taking off. Okay? After killing eight people, which is way too many. And a total of about 50 people that were killed between these two mosques, way too many. But how many lives were saved because this citizen, Abdul Aziz, enacted violence toward the shooter and aggression toward the shooter? All right? And again, not everybody is going to be as brave as Abdul Aziz, but if you have a law-abiding citizen who's gone through all the proper channels to learn how to handle a firearm, okay, how many lives could be saved by just engaging the shooter? But if you take guns out of a, the hands of a law-abiding citizen, well, there aren't going to be a whole nearly as many people as brave as Abdul Aziz to engage the shooter, you know, without any recourse, okay? So this just goes to show that there are people out there that are not willing to stand down. And God bless this Abdul Aziz, you know, because what we hear all the time is when they try to pass these gun grabber bills. Well, if 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 uh, if it just saves just one life, okay? How many countless lives did Abdul Aziz save by engaging the shooter? Okay, so uh, again, this isn't so much about this country or this country's gun laws, but. The facts are that the engaging of a shooter with professional violence, doesn't matter what country you're in, it's an effective deterrent. But it's even more effective if someone is able, has the aptitude to carry a firearm and handle a firearm and not just turning it into the OK Corral. So once again, uh, this is uh, this kind of thing emboldens the the gun grabbers to in Congress, in state legislators, what have you. To come out and 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 call for an, a, an action of gun laws, but at the end of the day, um, 
thoughts and prayers are perfectly appropriate because we need to take a step back and with a calm, rational mind decide how we're going to eradicate these issues. And disarming law-abiding citizens isn't going to do it. Okay, so uh, again, this is um, this is still fresh. Maybe seventy-two hours since this incident took place. There's still a lot more details to come out, and that's the, one of the bigger frustrations too. Is no one wants to wait for all the details to come out, and this is what's uh, this is the luxury of being a progressive. You can. Uh, you can jump around like a poo-flinging monkey and demand that there be more gun control and that the NRA and Republicans and whomever else has blood on their hands. And people in, in this case, people in this country, Donald Trump stoking anti-Muslim fear, uh, has blood on his hands, okay? And therefore, that's what led to Muslims being killed in New Zealand, apparently. This is the rationale of some progressives. But when it's later ascertained that the progressives' preconceived notions were proven false, they don't ever have to apologize. That's the luxury of being a progressive in this country, apparently. So uh, there will probably be more details to come out, and if there are, we will indeed cover all aspects of those. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here along with our general manager, Nick Anderson. We're highlighting our March Mayhem event. March Mayhem? March Mayhem. (laughs) This is a great deal. This is the first time we've ever done this. It is. It's giving you an opportunity, if you're a business owner, uh, somebody who runs a nonprofit, to take advantage and really grow your business. Yeah, and this is a really cool package. It's a $2,500 advertising package, regularly priced $4,000. So it's $1,500 off. And here's what you get. You get access to 50,000 of your best prospects. Contact names are your best prospects. Plus, ready? Plus, you get 25 radio commercials here to use in the month of March. And once the snow melts, it is going to be Home Improvement Central. So if you're a home improvement company, now is the time to take advantage of this sale. Yeah. And how do they take advantage of this? You have to be in the queue. We only have 10 of these packages. We've already sold one. So we have nine remaining. Here's how you get in the queue. You call our March Mayhem hotline, 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444. We have to get you in the queue so we can keep track of it, but you leave your name, your number on the voicemail, and we'll get back to you. And the neat thing is about this, too, we're going to help you through this whole thing. We'll provide the contacts. We're going to help you develop the campaign execute the campaign, write, produce the commercials, get everything done, basically turnkey. This is very turnkey. You know what? We work with a lot of small and medium-sized businesses. We know you have to work on your business and you have to make money. Let us do the heavy lifting. Come and try us. The best way to do it, March Mayhem Hotline, 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444. We'll get right back to you, get you in the queue, and take advantage of this great offer it's our March Mayhem event, 651-289-4444. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. 
Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. Oh, make me over. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. I'm all I want to be. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, do we have our guest on, uh, on the line as yet? I'll take that as a no. <coughs> we are going to have our uh, political wonk, Matt Makowiak, uh, joining us in mere moments. Of course, Matt uh, joins us regularly. Uh, well, probably about once a month, whenever there's some big national news stories. Matt, of course, a uh, uh, Texas resident and was on uh, the uh, front lines there when uh, uh, his uh, friend, per- uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, was running for re-election in 2018 and was challenged by a young upstart by the name of Beto O'Rourke, who served in the U.S. House for a few terms, was also a, I believe he was the mayor of El Paso. So we'll definitely get Matt's perspective on uh, Beto O'Rourke jumping into the presidential race. And of course, uh, this past week, we had uh, the national emergency or a uh, resolution in Congress to uh, discourage or to uh, try to turn away uh, President Trump's national emergency uh, regarding the uh, border fence between the uh, Mexico and Texas border. So a lot uh, from this national news. And whenever, like I say, we have national news, we like to call on our national political wonk, Matt Makowiak. Again, check out his fantastic work, his Washington Times columns, as well as his podcast at his website, maconpoliticspodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, maconpoliticspodcast.com. Uh, dot com. I'm Matt Makowiak. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, doing well, Matt. Thanks so much. Uh, obviously, one of the big stories from this past week, the ever-expanding uh, Democratic presidential field, expanded by a couple of more names. One name uh, that we were alluding to that uh, you are familiar with, of course, uh, your fellow Texan, Beto O'Rourke, who uh, served three terms in the House and lost a close uh, election battle to incumbent Senator Ted Cruz this past November. Decided to jump into the uh, presidential race, and I guess the uh, natural question that many people have, Matt Makowiak, is uh, what makes Beto thinks that he's qualified to be president with uh, not much of a resume or pedigree or background in uh, politics? Yeah, it's uh, for him it's all charisma and all personality. It's all sizzle, no steak. Um, I think one of the things that uh, these Democratic candidates are, are saying 
uh, or certainly are thinking, and certainly this is, I think, true of the voters, as they say, well, you know, Trump didn't have any experience in government either. Sure. Um, and so, you know, they, they think, well, if he did it, anyone can do it. And uh, so, I, obviously, you know, I think uh, many times, uh, and this is especially true of Democrats, I think they sort of underestimate um, the strengths and the skills that Trump actually has. They, they see only negative qualities. They don't see positive qualities. Um, but look, you know, Beto became a national figure in running for U.S. Senate. He raised a historic you know, amount of money, $80 million. Uh, I think he really does love the adulation that came with that. And, and I, I'm not convinced necessarily that he had decided to run for president, win or lose, last year. Uh, but, boy, he sure was persuaded pretty quickly uh, that this is what he wanted to do um, after saying you know, ad nauseum on the record that he was not under any circumstances going to run for president. So um, I, I don't know. To me, I, we've talked about this before. You know, the disincentives for running for president have never been lower. And so uh, I think for a lot of these people, I, I don't, why you want to be the 14th person to try to do something when there's only one, can only be one winner, I don't know. Um, I do think he's going to be a first-year candidate, um, and I think he's getting you know, enormous coverage, just like he did when he ran for Senate, uh, really to, to, his, you know, to the disadvantage of almost everyone else. I do think he, he hit some turbulence this week. You know, there were some stories that came out. He had trouble kind of answering some basic questions. Um, he apologized for a few things from earlier in his life. So, you know, it was a little bit of a rocky first few days, but he got good crowds. He got good coverage. The only thing we don't know is we don't know how much money he's raised, mm. which is a bit a bit puzzling. And the expectation was he raised a pretty good amount of money in his announcement, um, and he has so far not released it, which would tend to make you think maybe his fundraising hall was less than, than, than uh, he'd want people to know. Along those same lines, obviously you alluded to the uh, tremendous amount of money that he pulled in during his uh, uh, race for uh, U.S. Senator out of Texas. Uh, with that in mind, Matt, in your opinion, given the amount of money he raised in, was that more of an anti-Ted Cruz sentiment, or does he indeed uh, have that kind of fundraising prowess? It just is maybe lagging behind thus far. Yeah, I mean, I really do think the single biggest miscalculation he's made, I think, is that he thinks that because people want him to be Ted Cruz, they're going to want him to be the presidential candidate on the Democratic side. Sure. Uh, there, there, there are no Democrats living who, who uh, didn't prefer, you know, Beto over Ted Cruz right. for Senate, right? Uh, that wasn't that was a unifying candidacy for Democrats all across the country, which is why he raised about two thirds of his money from outside the state of Texas. Uh, when you are one of 14 or 15 active candidates running for the president's nomination, you're competing with all those people. And so, you know, just because someone contributed to you to beat Ted, to try to beat Ted Cruz for the U.S. Senate doesn't mean they're going to contribute, right. you know, to you for the presidency. And so th- that's why there was s- such speculation about what his first uh, 24-hour or 48-hour haul was going to be. I mean, Kamala Harris kind of shocked everyone by raising a million and a half dollars in the first 24 hours. And then Bernie, Bernie said, you know, Bernie Sanders uh, said, well, hang on a second. Let me show you what I can do. And he raised $6 million in the first 24 hours. So, look, I mean, is it possible Beto raised a million or two, two million? Sure. Is it possible to raise more than that? Uh, that's possible as well. I, I, we just simply do not know. And w- there just isn't any precedent for a candidate running for an, for an office like that, losing and then running for president, uh, and certainly not being successful if they do so. And so that's the, the big question, I think, about Beto is can he convince – uh, people that were excited about him running against Ted Cruz, that he needs to be their nominee for president. I don't, I don't know that he's going to be able to do that. There was a story that I think it just came out over the weekend, and I think you, among many others, Matt, linked to it on Twitter. Uh, apparently a story of when he was a teenager, he was part of a group that tried to uh, 
part of a group of hackers. What can you tell us about that? Maybe expand on that a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is, again, one of the really puzzling things, uh, and I think it, it really kind of feeds the narrative that a lot of people have that, that, um, uh, that media bias is a very real thing. Um, a Reuters journalist took a book leave last year uh, and wrote a book about um, uh, a hacking group, a global hacking group uh, that had been active for, for several years, uh, and, and, and Beto had been a member of it as a, as a, as a you know, as a team. Uh, what that means, what his involvement was, whether he broke the law, are questions I don't know the answer to. Uh, but you know, this this reporter at Reuters who was writing the book decided to approach Beto. He he'd already basically confirmed he was in the group, sure. but he wanted to interview him. He wanted to talk to him, and he said, "Listen, um, uh, you know, I know you're in the middle of the Senate race. Can I talk to you? And if I if, if I promise this won't come out until after your Senate race is over." I mean, these are the kinds of um, benefits that Democrats get when they're dealing with the media that Republicans never get. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, was that information owned by Reuters or was it owned by the author of the book? I think that's a, probably a reasonable journalistic question. I just think, you know, anytime you see one of these kind of stories, they always go in the direction of the, to the advantage of the Democrat. You never see a reporter give the benefit of the, of the doubt to the Republican, right? It never goes in that direction. And so, um, yeah, it's just another sort of puzzling thing. We learned about some some weird writing, some weird poetry he wrote, yeah. including a, a violent a fictional book about killing children when he was in this, 16 years old. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Is something you wrote when you're 16? Does it matter when you're in your, your mid or late 40s, you know, 30 years later? I, I, I certainly want to hear, you know, someone explain, you know, what it was, whether they think it still matters, how they, you know, what, what, what their justification is, whether they're troubled by it. And basically, when he was confronted with any serious questions about his past over the last three or four days, he basically just apologized and moved on. He didn't really get into a lot of details. But, you know, to me, the fact that he had been such a national figure in the Senate race and none of this stuff came out, and then all of a sudden he runs for president and it comes out immediately, uh, it just raises, again, more questions about, you know, the journalistic ethics that are out there uh, at the national level and, and, and to some extent at the state level. Oh, yeah, and, and, and along those same lines, you know, we here in Minnesota, obviously uh, it's been pretty much a, a, a uh, open secret that uh, Amy Klobuchar was probably one of the more uh, overbearing bosses uh, in this, uh, for, when it came to U.S. Senate staff, yet there was never any local media curiosity about it, yet the millisecond she enters the presidential race, all of a sudden these stories comes out. So we certainly understand <laughs> that aspect of it here. Uh, Matt, if you could hold uh, for one more segment, we'll be back with you in mere moments. AM twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network on with Political Walk. Matt McCoviak coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. 
Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. So proud to be associated with the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. And with us is Sharon Murphy. So great to have you here, Sharon. Well, thanks, Lee. We're excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. So tell us, what makes EXP Realty so different? Well, EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many other real estate agents. Who can blame them? We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you'll speak to me or my husband, Mike, not an inexperienced team member. That's great. So how do we get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. So if you're thinking of selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Step into a Chet's-owned Red Wing store this season for non-insulated, waterproof, and water-resistant footwear. Need new boots for summer work? Check out our variety of steel, aluminum, and composite safety toe options. Don't forget our selection of regular toe footwear either. Too busy with projects this season to get to the store? Ask us about our mobile shoe service, where we bring the store to you. Or stop in to see us in Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Circle Pines, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Work is our work. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. And here to take your phone calls at six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Joined by our national political wonk, Matt Makoviak. Again, check out his fantastic work, his Washington Times column, as well as his podcast at his website, M-A-C-K-MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. Uh, Matt, switching gears a little bit, uh, 12 Senate Republicans rebuked President Donald Trump on Thursday by voting to block his declaration of a national emergency on the southern border. Obviously, the House earlier also uh, voted uh, to block his uh, declaration as well. Uh, the president did follow through on his threat to veto this legislation, and in order to override it, there needs two-thirds in both chambers, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, before we talk about this particular resolution, Matt, I want to discuss a couple of the senators, particularly uh, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska and Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Both spoke very critically of the president when he declared this national emergency 
Yet both voted against this resolution, essentially siding with the president. Uh, do you get the rationale of that, Matt McCoviak? Well, I think yeah, the, the, the Tillis uh, situation is particularly perplexing because he apparently, uh, if I remember correctly, wrote an op-ed the day or day before. Yeah. Yep. You know, the vote basically saying he was going to you know, saying why it was it was uh, not constitutional. And then he decides to go ahead and vote with the president. So, look, I think if you look for the similarity between the two of them, the one that comes to mind is that they both are in cycle. They both are, in, you know, have, in, in their election cycle, they're yep. up for reelection in 2020. Sure. They, you know, could face primaries. They could obviously face general elections, particularly Tillis will be a target of Democrats. Uh, but but, you know, they have to get through primaries first. And for Sass, who's been you know viewed as more of a kind of critic of Trump. I think he's probably more at risk there. Uh, Sass did put out a pretty lengthy statement. Uh, basically, for the, the fairly strong conservatives who ended up voting with Trump on this, their explanation is that the National Emergencies Act is overly broad and that their reading of, uh, of, of the statute does uh, allow that, that uh, the president had, had the um, justification to do this. And, and look, there were some fairly furious efforts made in the last you know, four or five days uh, they were trying to get the president to maybe scale back his emergency declaration. Um, there were efforts to try to try to amend the National Emergencies Act that I think Senator Mike Lee of Utah was was pushing, and they just really couldn't find a way to to not only get the White House on board but also to to work with Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who recognized this was a problem um, for the White House and for some of these Senate Republicans, and she wanted to let that problem play out. So, you know, this is a bit anticlimactic, um, just because they got whatever it was, 59 votes. Um, they needed two thirds. They're, they're not going to be there. They're not going to even be close in the House. Uh, she has uh, teed up that vote for week after next because they're in recess next week. So uh, that'll fail. And then I think I think the procedure is that it still gets a vote in the Senate, even if it doesn't pass the House uh, with a two thirds majority. So I, I'll have to watch to see whether there's a Senate, another Senate vote or not. But this, yeah, the die is cast on this. This was never a question of whether. Congress was going to disallow the president from doing this. This has always been a question of what the courts were going to do, and that's going to take some time. So do we have, uh, that kind of leads to my next question, do we have kind of a time frame on uh, when this lawsuit will be uh, brought about and um, the the process behind that? I, it seems to me that uh, when uh, President Obama did something similar with the immigration issue back in 2014, it seems Speaker, then Speaker Boehner and the rest of the Republicans were very quick to bring this to a lawsuit. Is that... Uh, is this something that's going to be expedited uh, quickly, as far as you know, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, I'm sure it will. Uh, whether it can skip some of the lower court stages, I don't know. I don't think it could go probably straight to the Supreme Court, but I do think it's going to eventually get to the Supreme Court. I think you're probably talking 6, 9, 12, perhaps even 15 months. Uh, obviously, the more steps there are, the longer it'll take. Uh, both sides would appeal, no matter what the rulings are at the lower court level. I believe the state of California is sort of leading uh, on that lawsuit front and has uh, a dozen or more states that are a part of it. So, um, yeah, look, I, I mean, it is entirely possible. We won't, we won't have a decision on this before the 2020 presidential election. It literally could take that long. I mean, the Supreme Court, um, you know, decides whether they're going to hear a case, uh, you know, in, in one, one part of the year and then later that year uh, in, in the next, uh, in the next uh, uh, section of uh, when they hear arguments. So in the fall, they hear for spring, and in the spring, they hear for fall. So uh, that, that's just when it gets to that stage, and you could have a couple lower court ruling stages before that. So it really could take a couple years. Again, my hope is they do expedite it. It's a, it's a critical uh, legal question. Uh, and, you know, the one argument is, you know, one of the thing, one of the arguments against Trump doing this was, well, this is going to set a precedent sure. for uh, for future presidents. You could have a Democratic president do that on climate change or gun control. Right. Well, you know, you've now had Congress, a majority in 
both houses say, no, we don't believe that, that, that this is constitutional. And so that in and of itself is also a precedent. Now, the court precedent will be more important than the political uh, legislative precedent will be. But the legislative precedent uh, matters as well. Obviously, uh, President Trump's uh, national emergency was to go ahead and, and start uh, construction of a wall. So if any if there's any legal challenges brought about, I would imagine one of the first rulings which could happen almost immediately would be kind of a provide a provide a stay, which means, no, you can't even begin construction until this is fully adjudicated. I mean, I'm no legal beagle, but that seems to me uh, something that would probably happen right away. And in, and in the meantime, we're seeing very real-time documented situations where the border, the situation of the border is becoming even more porous at this point. That's exactly right. Uh, in fact, you know, some of the numbers we're seeing and some of the cases we're seeing down the border have made the crisis even made the crisis argument even stronger for the president just in the last two or three months. Um, and apprehensions are up. Uh, you know, it, it is a significant crisis down down the border. Um, and now, I, I don't know. Can you use statistics after you make a decision to justify your decision? You know, I, I don't know. I know one of the questions that was going to be asked about the the, the lawsuits was was whether you meet the meet the the technical uh, justification of standing. And since the the uh, emergency declaration is primarily. Uh, for a new border construction in Texas, and since Texas wasn't suing, there was a question about about that that legal standing. Now, okay. since California sued and a number of other states, I think they're arguing, well, the money that was good, that's moved from one thing to the border was money that would have gone to projects that would have benefited our citizens and our states. So I think that's how they're trying to get around the standing question. We'll have to see what what the, what the courts ultimately decide. Obviously, uh, President Trump, that it, it seems like the 2020 campaign's already in full swing with about. I think it's about 15 Democrats at this point already declared they're running in uh, 2020. And there's been some chatter most recently by uh, Jeb Bush. I don't think Jeb personally is thinking about it, but he says there absolutely needs to be an alternative to President Trump on the Republican side. Uh, ultimately, Matt, do you see that that any chance of happening? I mean, it just would seem rather symbolic more than anything, but is there any chance of a Republican deciding to jump in against Trump? And if so, who would be the most likely prospect? Yeah, so I actually do think there's a decent chance that someone will do it. Um, whether that's someone who has any political future, I think, is a huge question. You know, John Kasich's political future is non-existent. Mm-hmm. Even Larry Hogan, the current mayor, of, uh, excuse me, current governor of, of Maryland, who's really swam against the stream in, in getting elected in a blue state twice. Right. Uh, who's been, uh, I think he's, was, he's been to Iowa recently, and I think he just was in New Hampshire as well, just kind of kicking the tires. Um, I believe he's term limited, and the kid's not going to run again for, for governor, and he obviously uh, in that state wouldn't get elected to the U.S. Senate. So um, I don't know. I, do, do I think a first-tier, very serious, credible candidate would run? No, not not probably not at all, and, and really not unless Trump's numbers with Republicans really go down. He's still in the mid-high 80s, low 90s in terms of job approval on Republicans. There's just no path. Sure. to making it even interesting in the Republican primary, if that's the case. But uh, do I think someone you know, will step forward uh, and try to make the case on character issues and other things? Uh, sure, probably someone somewhere will. I don't think they'll, they'll, I don't think they'll, 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 they'll get very far. Uh, and the RNC and the Trump campaign are working closely uh, together. The RNC is, is basically partnering with the Trump campaign at this point. So I, I think a primary challenge to Trump only helps the Democrats at this point. Uh, whether you like Trump or not, whether you like what he's doing or not, whether you like what he says or not, he is the incumbent. Uh, he's in a strong position among Republicans, uh, and the threat from a Democrat nominee defeating him is very real. 
And along those lines, you know, a third party candidate, Howard Schultz, of course, the uh, founder of uh, Starbucks, still in the race, still out campaigning. Uh, obviously, there's everything right now is pure speculation with with election day being what uh, nineteen twenty months away. But nevertheless, if if Schultz continues to this uh, his current trend of staying in the race and whatnot, uh, what kind of impact do you think that has? I mean, does he siphon off more Democrat votes or Republican votes? I mean, what's the kind of the early indication of his candidacy? Yeah, I mean, I look. I, I think he. I think he's an interesting person. I think he's had success. I think he's pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. Um, I think his sort of nascent uh, presidential bid has been pretty disastrous, from what I've seen. Okay, uh, does, doesn't have a lot of substance uh, that I, that I've seen. Uh, hasn't been able to answer questions all that well. Certainly, is getting a lot of pushback from Democrats who think sure. that his his candidacy would only help Trump. And I think right now that's probably true. I think what Schultz is banking on. If he ends up running, which he hasn't fully made the decision yet, but he's banking on the Democrats nominating a far, far, far left candidate, a Bernie Sanders type candidate. And in that case, there may be a path to him running down the middle and attracting people in the middle. Do I think there's a path to victory? No, I, I, probably not. No. I mean, I just don't see a path of 270 electoral votes. Could you keep any, you know, everyone from, from getting to 270 and pushing it to the House? I guess you could. Hard for me to see how an independent candidate would ultimately be the choice of Republicans and Democratic members of Congress. Um, so I'm not really sure. I don't really understand what he's doing. Michael Bloomberg obviously looked at this very closely and, and, and concluded, I think, twice that running an independent bid for president was not really was impossible uh, if winning was, was your goal. So I, I think his bid has not gone well. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Does he get in? Who's the Democratic nominee? What issues does Schultz run on? You know, I find myself agreeing with a lot of the things he says. He's really pushed back against the progressive left uh, inside the Democratic Party on things like Green New Deal and wealth tax and other things. Um, but, you know, he's probably not the profile of the kind of person that that uh, the country is looking for right now, certainly not Democrats. I mean, Democrats can be unified behind their nominee. Republicans are going to be unified behind their nominee. There's not going to be a lot of room in the middle, I don't think. Once again, we are joined by our uh, national political walk, Matt Makoviak. Again, check out his fine work, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com, where you can link to his regular contributions to the Washington Times as well as his podcast. Matt, always a pleasure, sir. Great information. I appreciate it as always, and uh, have yourself a great rest of the day. Take care. M1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. 24-7, 365. You're up and at them every day, so you don't want something like Medicare Part D to slow you down. At Walgreens, we'll take care of your Medicare Part D prescriptions, saving you time and money. Make the switch to Walgreens today and get more by earning 100 balance reward points and save up to $5 on each Medicare Part D prescription when Walgreens is your preferred pharmacy. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Prescription savings applies to Tier 1 generics when you fill out a preferred versus a non-preferred pharmacy on select plans. Points can't be earned in New York, New Jersey, or Arkansas. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. 
This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-1-1 to 85850. The deals are smoking hot at Premier Pool and Spa right now. Every Arctic spa, everything in the showroom, everything that's already made up in Canada, A, is on sale. Yeah, but have you seen my backyard? I can't even put it back there right now, eh? Minor details. They can use a crane, or you can wait till spring. What's important is to get it now and take advantage of these clearance prices. You mean I can put a hot tub in right now and then move it again in the spring? You can and if it's an Arctic spa, the base on these things is like no other spa. As long as it's level, it will run perfectly. Once the snow melts, you drain it, move it where you want it, fill her up, and let her buck. Yeah, and they're built for the cold, and they're easy on your wallet too, eh? All you have to do is go to the showroom and see the Arctic difference. Hey, don't lock yourself up in the house this winter. Winter's fun to be had, eh? You can swim all winter long, even in Minnesota, with an Arctic all-winter pool, too. Yeah, save on the spas today. Visit Premier Pools in Chanhassen. That's Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Blue Ox has a legendary deal for you. When you purchase a high-efficiency furnace, you'll get an air conditioner free. You heard that right. A free air conditioner with the purchase of a high-efficiency furnace. Giving you the comfort you deserve. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. I'm closing out this week's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. As always, you can hear my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. For uh, It is the King Banyan Show every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. And you can also... Uh, catch my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. He's on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition. I am the closer. Closing out weekends, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you listen to Mitch's show yesterday, yeah, we're finally going to get to that 10-year Northern Alliance Radio Network uh, uh, celebration, uh, even though we're 15 years into the Northern Alliance Radio Network. But uh, uh, whatever, we'll get to it uh, probably as it gets close to uh, cigar patio time. I'm not a cigar smoker myself, but uh, I know there's a uh, particular Irish pub that uh, has been quite friendly to the Northern Alliance Radio Network in the, uh, well, pretty much the entire 15-year run. And uh, we're, we'll are we look forward to it. So stay tuned, folks. We're definitely going to get that information out to you. Uh, one of the issues that I lament most uh, in today's political discourse 
is how any even tacit approval towards someone in the opposite party it doesn't even have to be approval of their policies, just approval of them personally is met with scorn from your what are supposed to be allies. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing to disagree on policy. I mean, that that's that is encouraged. But unfortunately, to the, in this day and age, the politics has gotten so personal that if you endorse or are part of a certain political party and endorse a certain policy, you're immediately persona non grata. And I'm referring specifically to a speech Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, gave a couple of weeks ago where he referred to current Vice President Mike Pence as a, quote, decent guy, close quote. That shouldn't be all that controversial. You know, I, I say I've made a commitment myself on several occasions, you know, like when we were, uh, you know, when I was in Washington, D.C. recently, we were wa- my wife and I were walking around one of the buildings that houses the uh, U.S. House members. And, uh, well, our, our House member, Tom Emmer, his office is in the Cannon Office Building in Washington, D.C. And we were walking around the four fo- floors of this building to see what other members of Congress happened to be in that building. And we walked by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's office. She wasn't around, but she has like these little post-it notes from all of her fans that, you know, she's a big cult of personality. People love her. And there was one family out there taking pictures of her sign outside her office and whatever else. And and I said, you know, I'm sure she's a delightful young lady. And if I happen to meet her, had she walked out of her office at that point, I would have glad to have gotten a photo op with her. But her policy initiatives, as far as I'm concerned, could die in a fire. And apparently when Joe Biden... Somebody called out Joe Biden on Twitter, said, hey, Joe Biden was at this, giving a speech at this place, and he called Vice President Mike Pence a decent guy. And Cynthia Nixon, who was a cast member of the long-running show Sex in the City and opposed uh, Andrew Cuomo for governor, for the Democratic nomination for governor in New York, uh, and is a prominent lesbian, apparently took issue with that, say, Joe Biden, how can you call Mike Pence a decent guy with his hatred toward the LGBTQ community? And you know, Joe Biden felt the need to respond. He's, oh, okay, okay, okay. I call him a decent guy within the context of I don't know what, but yeah, his his record on LGBTQ issues, yeah, at least a lot to be desired, and he's definitely not a decent guy. Well, the Washington Examiner um, ba- talked about this this past week about how Mike uh, Pence just was like disappointed that uh, Joe Biden had to actually apologize for that. Again, uh, this is from the Washington Examiner. Vice President Mike Pence on Thursday said, former Vice President Joe Biden's apology for calling him a, quote, decent guy, close quote, during a recent speech, shows the depravity of ideas and the lack of values by those on the left. The way Joe Biden caved into liberal activists after making a kind comment toward me is evidence of the pressure that all of their candidates are going to face, Pence said on Fox and Friends about Biden's late February speech in Omaha in which he offered guarded praise of his successor. Democrats, Pence said, are largely being driven by the most extreme elements in their party. The fact of the matter is... What it was followed on by a guy who's a decent guy, our vice president, who stood before this group of allies and leaders and said, I'm here on behalf of President Trump and said there was dead silence, dead silence, Biden said about Pence in reference to the international community's reaction to Pence's speech at the Munich conference in early February.
Uh, after taking considerable heat for his comments about his successor, most notably little liberal activist Cynthia Nixon, Biden backtracked. You've just called America's most anti-LGBT elected leader a decent guy, Nixon tweeted. Please consider how this falls in the ears of our community. Biden responded by saying Nixon was right. I was making a point in a foreign policy context that under normal circumstances, a vice president wouldn't be given a silent reaction on the world stage. But there's nothing decent about being anti-LGBTQ rights, and that includes the vice president. Well, again, opposition to gay marriage is not mean anti-LGBTQ rights, because guess what? Marriage is not a right. It's not a right. Unless the vice president is saying that LGBTQ people don't have a right to criticize their government, they don't have a right to own a gun, they don't have a right to due process, he's not against LGBT rights. That's a misnomer. Okay? They should. He's basically saying that they should have no special rights above regular citizens. And it's in particular, it's referring to govern, when he when Mike Pence was governor of Indiana about four or five years ago, he put in he signed a bill, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act which essentially said that businesses did not, people who own small businesses shouldn't be subjected to violating their conscience by catering, say, same-sex wedding. If you know, And we have saw this with the baker, Jack Phillips, out of Colorado, where he should, not have been al- he should not have been forced to violate his conscience by performing a service for a ceremony for which he didn't believe. Okay? That doesn't mean you hate those people. It means the particular ceremony, i.e. gay marriage, is something you oppose. That shouldn't be a controversial stance. But yet if you oppose something that somebody does, it means you automatically hate that person. That's just elementary school logic. And this is becoming, unfortunately, causing a further divide in this country where you even, again, say someone is a decent guy is seen as this outrageous act. And Mike Pence is exactly right. Biden is being pressured by the far left of the party. And there's talk that Joe Biden may jump into the presidential race yet. And how stupid is it going to be that this comment is going to be used against him? But that's where we are in today's uh, age of political discourse. It's unfortunate. Very, very, very unfortunate. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our number one in the books. Our number two coming back in mere moments right here. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance. Radio Network back in mere moments with hour number two. Go nowhere. Put you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's W-O-W-1-1 to 88988. 
Have you experienced anxiety, fear, shame, and embarrassment from owing back taxes? Hi, I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. If you happen to have unpaid or unfiled taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope. Tax Tiger can protect you from the IRS, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate awesome settlements. Above all, Tax Tiger is a company which operates based on Christian principles. If you have an IRS problem, call us today at 612-888-9522 for a free consultation. You can trust Tax Tiger to provide an honest evaluation of your situation. If we can save you money, we'll explain how and answer all of your questions so you'll know exactly where you stand. Call Tax Tiger today at 612-888-9522. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think, and you need a tiger on your side. That number again is 612-888-9522 or visit us online at TaxTiger.com. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM 1280, The Patriot is W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.